But now I am recording, Chris, and just moments ago, for the second consecutive episode in 2024, you did call me an idiot, uh, which is hurtful and harmful to me and my psyche. I've, I've really picked up you're an idiot as a thing to say. It's a great thing to say. It's a Because I think it's really funny. <laughs> it really cuts to the core. But I think it might be a little problematic vis-a-vis people's feelings when I say it to them. I... I I said it recently, Griffin, in my review for the movie Saltburn. You called someone an idiot? I think I said to the movie, you're an idiot. Wow. I'm sh- I hope the movie's feelings are okay. I guess indirectly I said it to famous naughty little filmmaker Emerald Fennell. We talked about that on this podcast, right? Yes, we did, I think. Much to the chagrin of our entire fan base, I'm certain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I remember... I was calling people idiots when I was hanging out with my family in a run-up to Christmas, and then on Christmas Day, I go see my extended family, who I go see once a year, and I hadn't broken the habit. So <laughs> I, I said, like, you're an idiot. I called, like, my little cousin, not little, she's, like, 19, but I called her an idiot, and then I was like, that sounds harsh, mm-hmm. coming from someone who I don't have this <laughs> rapport with, gen- who I'm generally nice to. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that was my big Christmas mistake this year. Mm. Did you make a Christmas mistake? And that's mistake? the title. No, just cried mostly. Um, what? Huh? It's just a thing talk, I do. Talk about this off mic. <laughs> You're an idiot, I'm afraid. <laughs> what? Uh, just quickly, Extending Griffin. a hand of love and support. <laughs> yes, that's the worst thing anyone can do. Quickly, before we start the show, did you see that clip of the person screaming as the hockey puck went over the glass? Boy, oh boy, did I. Fantastic <laughs> I, clip. I thought instantly of you, not in the way that this person was screaming, but in the in the way that they apologized. I thought of you and your segue gaff, and it really made me laugh. I just Off. wanted to mention that because it made me laugh. I believe that's what we on Twitter call rent-free, Chris. I'm rent-free in <laughs> not there. The, the peace sign. Start the show. kind of jimmy carr-esque well we love jimmy carr and welcome to high floorless ceiling and this time i'm doing the introduction again and it's the sports podcast you're listening to now yes it is and griffin honestly you're welcome chris oh there's one other thing i wanted to talk to you about Uh oh you're a huge martin short fan i am and chatter has been swirling around martin lately yep that he's a home wrecker. Is that what it is? Mm, ostensibly, that was the <laughs> initial uh, initial chatter, perhaps, but chatter nonetheless. All I can say is, uh, be be the funny guy, kids. It'll it'll be work the out. funny you wish to see in the world. Powerful stuff. It'll work out for you in the long run, I think. <laughs> you, you consider that as working out for him? I mean, he's ostensibly dating Meryl Streep, I think that would be working out for anyone, especially as a unattractive comedian. Um, Come on. (laughs) Martin's a... You you think Martin's unattractive? I don't think he's unattractive. I just don't think he is necessarily attractive either. Now Googling Martin Short Young. He's aged well. I think he looks better old than he does young. Maybe. He had a bit of a neck thing in his youth, it seems. Positive or negative? Just lengthy, I suppose. <laughs> Welcome back to Short Talk, where we talk uh, Martin Short 24-7. I'm your co-host. I, I, I kind of like his features. He's got that prominent nose. That he does, that he does. Got nice cheekbones. Have you been seeing his uh, his new financial commercials? No. Oh, they're funny. They're good. Good. Some commercials for some sort of financial site. Well, simple, GFH, I think. as we like to say. Gone. Looks better than Chevy, I'll say that much. Well, there are dead people who look better than Chevy. Jeez oh. <laughs> Louise. <laughs> Griffin! Chris! Where do you want to start? 
well, a couple of big pieces of news. Yeah, you've given us some <laughs> intangibles. Uh, the first thing than... on the list that you wrote, Chris is a football guru, and you did text me throughout the weekend bragging about the picks mm-hmm. that you made, even though we were the same on all picks except one. Even on the games that we agreed on, you were still texting me about how smart you were for those well, for picking those games. Correct. It was it wasn't strictly about picking the games and more that the ways that I described the games uh, to yes. play out were extremely on point in my humble opinion. I was sharing this with my lovely partner and she said that I was being a sore winner. <laughs> She, you know what I said to that, Griffin? <laughs> that's how you roll. <laughs> would you ever say that phrase? That's how I roll? Yeah. No, I would not. That's how I roll. That's just me doing me. <laughs> yeah, hey, just quickly. Oh, you know what phrase I hate? Maybe what? we maybe I've talked about this on the podcast already. I feel like I've exhausted all my topics. <laughs> um, You're out of personality. But have you ever come across a person who, and this is huge in a wedding vow... Oh, no. Or a wedding speech. Oh, no. Do you know what I'm going to say? Um, it's a two-word phrase. Like that. A two-word phrase? That's me. <laughs> You're doing your wedding vows? You That's want someone me. to have and to hold? That's me. <laughs> no, but of course, Griffin, I'm referring I to do. the phrase... That's a good one as well. One of the most classic phrases. But I'm talking about a more recent phrase, Griffin, and that is doing life. Have you ever encountered someone who says this? I'm The only way I know the phrase doing life is in prison. Sure, doing 25 to life. Yeah, like if someone says they're doing life, that means they are in prison for the rest of their life. The person that says this kind of thing, Griffin is the same person who says that they are marrying their best friend. Um, is that in your wedding vows, just quickly? I'm not married. But I assume you have your vows. I do not have my vows, but that might you be in there. I think that's a nice thing to say. You didn't write them in grade 12 like everyone else? What? Did you go to private school? No. <laughs> Did they make you write your wedding vows? And yeah, you're like a the graduation. Pro- the wide. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the grade three testing of grade 12. Is that... The EQAO? Yeah. <laughs> it's the I do AO. <laughs> I'm very confused. None of that's real. But this person, they say that they're so happy that they found someone they can do life together with. What do you think about that? And you already know what I think about it. It so sounds wisely. to me like they're saying, like, oh, now I'm in prison for life. I can now only I... hear it in the context of prison for life. They're kind of do- saying it in a more hippie-ish way. Yeah. Like, you can't just you say can living my life. life together you have with. to do life. Yeah, I don't like it. I wouldn't use it. Okay. Uh, that was that. But yes. I can't quickly, wait for you uh, you will... Well, I can't say that. I will be invited. <laughs> I will be there. You might be one of the only people there. Um, well, that... I don't understand that threat. We'll quickly run... <laughs> Destination wedding at the bottom of a lake. Um, the Browns... Oh, my God. The Browns of the Texans, Griffin... Yes, you called it. I said said Joe Flacco was going to turn into a pumpkin. That he did. He was even wearing one on his head. So true. I said C.J. Stroud was going to have a coming out party. That he did. Congratulations to him. (laughs) Yeah. Can't wait till June. Um, (laughs) And it happened exactly as I said. And they definitely lost. I assume I didn't look at all the scores, but I assume it was one of the... It was 45-14. to 14. It was a big final score. Must have been the biggest blowout of the weekend, I'd have to think. Um, and I won't waste too much time, but Buffalo, uh, we saw Josh Allen rip off that 52-yard touchdown. Yes. And I said, Griffin, he was the best power-rushing quarterback in the league. And then we see him break the tackle and get to the end zone. It was that a great was run. terrific. It was a great run. 
Griffin, I said that we've seen the Kansas City Chiefs put up an offensive performance with limited options. And then suddenly, now that it's the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is making Rasheed Rice, who? Exactly. Second round pick. Look like a number one wideout, Griffin. <laughs> And that defense I talked about was stifling. I really hate this. I am hating this. (laughs) I'm gleeful. This is a terrible tone you've taken here. And, yeah, the Eagles lost. Uh, Yeah, that was crazy. Did you see that hours before the Eagles game? You probably didn't see this. I published a TikTok of my Eagles take that you were afraid. You literally said, I'm afraid talking like that will get me on like an old takes exposed. Uh, I... It did not take. I thought for sure it would take off with like Tampa Bay fans being like, "This idiot counted out Baker Mayfield," but no, just no one really watched it. Instead, some people watched it. Shout out to the people who watched it. But uh. to the viewers, um, another team that we did not successfully predict, Griffin, the Cowboys. Yeah. But I did um, say that you can never trust the Cowboys, never and I was proven them. right yet again. Never trust a bunny. Do you know the uh, phrase? Or not the phrase, the, Rabbit. the movie Hoodwinked. Sure. Four, like weirdly animated comedy. Great movie, very funny. But one of the phrases is never Doesn't trust a Doesn't Hoodwinked 2 have a weird subtitle? Escape of to course, Africa. Let me just tell you, Griffin, the title is Hoodwinked 2, and that's T-O-O yes. exclamation mark, Hood versus Evil. Hood versus Evil. I like it. Thank you. Uh, I didn't come up with it, but thank you. <laughs> and then the Lions won. Rams, I think we needed to put a little more respect on the Rams. Yeah, they played they well. The Rams uh, were good. They made it a game. They're looking like they have a potentially a promising future ahead of them. They might need to get their quarterback situation figured out eventually uh, within the next few years here. But Yeah, he's not exactly a young up-and-comer. Certainly put out a valiant effort. Um, And that's it. There we go. Well, congratulations, Chris. You are indeed a football guru. We are all very impressed. Uh, I'm sure the the people out on the street are heaping praise upon your name and validation. Mm-hmm. And I am very impressed by you, and I really respect you as an analyst. Thank you. Which I respect is you as an analyst as well. Why I would love to put you to the test with this week's weekend slate of games. Uh-oh. Bet you didn't see that one coming. Um... We start Saturday at 4.30 with an easy one. This is the easiest one to predict of the week, I believe. The number one seed, the best team in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, walk in to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, and they play host to the young upstart C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. Mm -hmm. These two teams did play in week one, all the way back in week one. The Ravens handled business fairly easily. What do you think? Well, Ravens are nine and a half point favorites. <laughs> I think it would certainly be foolish to uh, bet against the Ravens. Uh, I think that, you know, they were the number one seed for a reason, and now they're getting uh, the most favorable possible playoff matchup as a result. So I think it would be, you'd be hard pressed to say that they were anything other than uh, pretty significant favorites. I think it'll be an interesting game. Maybe. I think Maybe it'll be close. Is... I have respect for the Texans and C.J. Stroud, uh, but I am taking the Ravens. I do feel like, you know, because I, I, a lot of my predictions were very vibes-based, Griffin. Yes. And I talked about the idea of this this quarterback coming out party where a young quarterback kind of has this ecstatic first playoff game right, uh, and shocks the world a little bit. I feel like a lot of times the you get a bit of this, the playoff equivalent of the sophomore slump where mm. a little more tape you're facing a better team and the and things sort of start to to tighten up a little bit and so i don't think we see the same kind of performance from cj Stroud that we did last week uh could be wrong of course but i, I think uh as you put it both more will handle business here yeah agreed and uh i don't think lamar jackson will throw two pick sixes like Joe Flacco did on back-to-back drives either. Back-to-back let's slates. Not count, let's not count Lamar out. <laughs> the the <laughs> about-to-be two-time MVP. I'm going to count him out of throwing back-to-back pick sixes. 
Uh, I will. Hey, Joe I will Flacco double or nothing. Two time Super Bowl champion. I will double or nothing our round. billion dollar bet on whether or not Bill <laughs> yeah, Belichick will we be. We do need to talk about the billion dollar bet. I forgot to write that down because uh, you made a, a foolish wager, Griffin. <laughs> I'll say it. You gave me tremendous odds. I did. I don't even know what. Uh, I guess you would have owed me a billion dollars if Bill Belichick had become coach of the Cowboys. Uh, which he did yes. not. The Adam Schefter said that Mike McCarthy is staying on. Which do we know that McCarthy's camp didn't leak that? Um, <laughs> to be like, you can't fire him now. Schefter said he was staying on. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that that would have worked. Is what I will say. Um, well, but crazy, yes, you crazy to me that they kept Mike McCarthy. One billion dollars at even odds that Bill <laughs> Belichick could be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Does not appear that it's trending that way. We heard just this morning, not to blow up uh, when we're recording, but that he had a second meeting with the Atlanta Falcons. That would certainly be uh, an interesting turn of events. Yeah. We've seen the what Bill Belichick Raiders can do with uh, with an elite tight end. So True. Hopefully Kyle Pitts is the next Aaron Hernandez. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what an awful thing to say. That's so, just, uh, that's awful. That's terrible. Could've I live on the edge, Griffin. I push I boundaries he, and I sometimes I miss. Pushed through the boundary that time. Okay. A man is dead. Um. <laughs> Few men. Um. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, Chris. <laughs> they d- defeat the Dallas Cowboys. They walk into Jerry World, and they put on a love fest. Um mm-hmm. A Jones, they had a jonesing for love. Yeah, Jonestown. Little too much love in Jonestown. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Now we're even. We both <laughs> made light of some <laughs> terrific events. Mine wasn't that bad. Um, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Why do you think that, that it wasn't as bad, Griffin? Was, uh, was it the kind of people that less, were... Less violent. Um... <laughs> The Green Bay Packers, Chris. <laughs> they take on the San Francisco 49ers in a matchup of the Oval Logos, as I'm looking at mm. here. The San Francisco 49ers so are nine and a half point favorites. Jordan Love, the CJ Stroud of the NFC, some are saying. Not quite a rookie, not quite mm. a vet. Um, been around for a few years. Have the Packers done it <laughs> Very again? Very much not a rookie. <laughs> Have they given themselves the third consecutive elite quarterback in franchise history, and will he prove that on Saturday at 8.15 p.m. against the San Francisco 49ers? Don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, certainly it was a terrific performance. I don't... I'm not I'm not quite feeling the love. Oh. I, I'm more... I've got a crush. That's good. But... But, you know, it takes time to establish love. Some would say it takes more than a year to establish love. That is, those uh, people would is be... your partner listening in? <laughs> Some would say that, you know, you try and you try, but you, <laughs> you still can't believe it. You just in love. can't force it, even though it seems like you should be in love. And every all the circumstances are certainly that of... Someone you love, you just lie awake at night thinking, I don't love this person. That's just... <laughs> well, <laughs> I, <laughs> certainly you've financially committed to love. <laughs> and in the end, what's the difference? Are It's not like you're unhappy. Maybe you're just not as happy as you could be, but that's not so bad. Sure. Am I going to pay the average of the highest top 10 paid partners? <laughs> In the world, talking about franchise tag, the, the fifth year option. <laughs> but well. not not quite yet is the gist of things, Griffin. I think that uh, despite you know you want to talk about the teams that uh, showed a little, a little <laughs> towards the end of the season. San Francisco 49ers weren't without their little uh, little quirks at the end of the season compared to the first you know ten or so weeks when they looked to be firmly the best team in the league. Uh, and, you know, we saw we saw the Lions pull it out, not without some difficulty. We saw the uh, Eagles falter, of course. We saw the, the Dolphins falter. So, you know, maybe there's something there. What's the line looking like on that one, just out of curiosity? Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are also nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, there you go. So, I wouldn't be surprised... 
they ran away with it. I wouldn't be super surprised if it was a little tighter than uh, yeah. than they might like for a team that has Super Bowl aspirations. You're feeling the love, I think, a little bit. You're f- you. Hey, we we've established you don't have the capacity for love. It's kind but of a kid see ghost situation. I don't. Know. I can still feel the love. Six cents. Um, sure. All right, Chris, we got to move through quickly here. The Buffalo Bills yeah. host. <laughs> this is not our segment. No, also. this is just an intangiwangi. <laughs> uh, and we still have one more to get to after this. The Buffalo Bills host the Kansas City Chiefs. Two and a half point favorites are the Bills at home. Uh, what do Why you think? Why don't we save this one okay. uh, since we're going to talk about the Bills forthwith? All right. Detroit Lions host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lions are six and a half point favorites. No one believes in the Bucks. No. The Detroit I mean, Lions to the NFC Championship game. Do you I believe mean, it? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the NFC Championship game is the alternative. So Yeah, but they were there like two years ago. They just won the Super Bowl. The Detroit Lions to the <laughs> NFC Championship. Say that sentence out loud and tell Baker me. Baker Mayfield to the NFC Championship game. Um you know, Griffin, I saw the Baker Mayfield Mike Evans stack. They did tremendous work for me in the fantasy playoffs, fantasy champion. Um, of a league that you were in yeah on paper certainly (laughs) um but yeah i mean it's 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 hard to feel super confident in them you know we talked about the sort of idea that a good defense can maybe uh shore up some of the more suspect elements of your team and certainly the the bucks have shown themselves to be a good defense and a team that has a good wide receiver. Is that enough to, uh, to win you a playoff game against a team that might be, might be a little in between in terms of their readiness for, uh, to, to be playing in, as you said, an NFC championship game. It could be, it could be, I know I'm really uh, hedging my bets here. Yeah. You are not feeling a vibe either way on this one. It seems, (laughs) I I was disappointed in what I saw from the Lions last week. I was really hoping for them to come out swinging, uh, and I and I didn't see them uh, close the game the way that I wanted them to. And so, I, I I'm not feeling the feeling the roar. All right, I am. Say. I'm all in on the Detroit Lions. Okay. Um, I believe this is the year for them to go to the NFC Championship game. The schedule has blessed them maybe a little bit. And, yeah. Uh, are you gonna pick the the Bucks? Uh, the Baker Bucks. Baker Bucks. Uh, Baker though. Great defense. Lions do have a good defense as well, though. I think I gotta go with the Lions. All right. When the chips are down, Chris pulls through. Last thing on the intangibles list, Chris, and then we'll get to our segment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Pascal Siakam trade has yeah, happened. I'm sure, this will be quick. <laughs> I don't know about you. I thought that trading Pascal Siakam was the right move, but honestly, I think it would have been a righter move longer ago because sure, eh, I'm not thrilled with the return for an all-NBA talent. I don't... See, this is what I don't really understand, is people who are not jazzed about the return. Like, if he had been traded last year, let's say he gets traded for... Tyler Hero and a first round pick. I don't I think is, it would have been more than that. I think maybe Keegan Murray could have been on the table. I think like Benedict Mathurin and a couple first round picks. I just think you if you trade him last year, you're getting a young player as well. Sure, but they but Emmanuel at this point quickly. But at this point they have young players. But they, they have need more. Do they though? I feel like they kind of need to like rebuild their draft cupboard a little bit. I don't know if well, they need certainly like, done that. One of the reasons that I was not super hot on the idea of Jonathan Kuminga coming to the Raptors, in, you know, in that hypothetical Warriors trade, was that you're trying to ostensibly develop Scotty Barnes. You're kind of hoping that R.J. Barrett turns into something a little more than what he has been, and so far, hey, looking good, looking great. Um, I don't know how. You know, how much we should be relying on that to continue. He's I believe. I'm all in. Certainly seems like he's shooting at a, an unsustainable level right now. But, you know, 
you're hoping that R.J. Barrett turns into someone who is a $30 million plus dollar player. You've got Emmanuel Quickly, who's sort of starting to establish himself as a starting quality point guard and also looking excellent. So to be adding more young players who need seasoning, it would be nice. Um, but at the end of the day, one young player and a first-round pick versus three first-round picks. I know they're not amazing first-round picks. Um, it also creates the whole question. But I, th- I think the real question is, what are they trying to now do this year? Because they're only a half game ahead of Memphis right now in the standings. We talked, I think, last week about this idea of it's tough to top see them, six protected. Yeah, beating Memphis in a race to the bottom. I think Memphis is going to have a pretty tough go of it the rest of the way. I think you're probably right. Um, but something that was brought up to me uh, yesterday was that it's totally possible the Raptors want their pick to convey this year in a mediocre draft where they already have you know, three picks in the mm. top 31, uh, that maybe they would rather convey that to San Antonio this year, even if it is, you know, the ninth pick. And then next year, you know that you have your pick back, you now have a surplus of picks, and then you can sort of move forward from there with, with a pretty clean sheet. Um, yeah, I do think that's probably making the best of a worst-case scenario. I think what the clear sign from all of this, whether how you feel about the individual OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam trades and whether or not their pick should convey this year or next year, blah, 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 blah. The clear sign is that last year at this time, this front office made a really bad judgment on this team and what it was and where it was going and trading a first round pick for Jakob Pertle and not trading OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam. Like it just, they bought when they should have sold, and it's it's had a definite impact on the, the future of the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I don't really hate the Pirtle trade in a vacuum. Um, you know, obviously it didn't end up making a significant difference on that season, even though they did play, obviously, much better after they acquired him. But, you know, in a vacuum, you're trading what you hope is a late lottery pick. Um, in a bad draft and then you're getting back you know they re-signed him you're getting back a really quality in my opinion starting center for four years so I don't hate that move in a vacuum obviously it represented something uh, in what they were trying to do with that season that did not pan out and like you said probably did cost them a little bit of equity in terms of what they could have gotten uh, for those players but I think also they did the right thing in how they handled it this year. They were decisive with their moves. They didn't wait until the trade deadline. You didn't hear stuff leaking out. Like all the all the noise we heard around those players was time and time again proven false. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that you know you can say that they probably managed the situation poorly. I think that's totally fair. I don't think in the aggregate long-term outlook of the franchise that it's going to cost them in any kind of dear way and also if you look at last year's deadline you weren't getting i don't don't think at least you're not getting rj barrett and emmanuel quickly for og and anobi i don't think that that trade happens probably not you're probably getting picks yeah and i would rather have those two guys who seem to be thriving right now so you know it's it's a it's a bit of a give and take. Uh, you can debate whether you'd rather have Keegan Murray, for example, or those two guys. But I think the sort of aggregate result of two semi-young, pretty promising young players, three first-round picks that people were talking about. Oh, the picks are mediocre. Like, yeah, we we knew that. What did what picks did you think you were getting? I want um, top five picks. <laughs> like. Do you think that you were getting unprotected first round picks from a bad team for OG and Obi? Like, I don't understand what the logic that's, is. That's there. the nature of trading for draft picks. No one trades the good ones. I, right, I do exactly. see what you're but, saying, Chris. You've convinced me somewhat. Yeah, but it's all still that to say that is tough to swallow. It feels bad for sure, and it 
has been strange to see OG Ananobi in a Knicks jersey. It will be strange to see Pascal Siakam in a Raptors jersey. Obviously, from an emotional standpoint, it represents a, a, a big brain drain. And of course, Griffin, as is always the case, as has been the case for the Raptors' backup big situation, we're going on, I'd say, about four or five years now. Chris Boucher is always left at the end. The last remaining member of the 2019 NBA champion Toronto Raptors, the Canadian, stands alone, as I'm sure was their intention all along. Right. It's yeah, it brings a tear. Also, desperately, tear I'll just add. <laughs> their depth is obliterated. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, they got Dante Porter Jr. What do you think of Dante Porter Jr.? You mean Jonte Porter? That's not what junior. I said. <laughs> is he not a junior? I thought he was a junior. Well, do you know who his brother is? Otto Porter Jr.? No. Michael Porter Jr. Uh-huh. Maybe that's so why if... every other Porter in the league is a Porter Jr. Maybe that's what really... I was confused by. Yes. And so maybe if Michael Porter Jr. And there's also Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, my God. Um, And I'm seeing now that there's a rookie... Craig Porter Jr. <laughs> How come I'm That's not a crazy. Porter Jr.? That's a great point. I hadn't even considered that. I guess my father um, doesn't see enough of me in him to, uh, to <laughs> want to pass that on. Yeah, one look at that baby. And that's a griffin. He's like, not worthy. Uh, not worthy. Yeah, he's like, he look, took one look and he was like, that kid's going to Guelph. <laughs> I didn't go to Guelph. <laughs> but what's the mascot? Oh, the griffins. I, I was very insulted for a second there. But you see what I'm... Yeah, I get it. Kind of that bad. was my bad. That was my bad. I, I squashed hey. your bit. You know, we swing and sometimes we miss. Speaking of swinging and missing, Griffin, I've got a new segment. Yeah, I'm I'm hesitant <laughs> about this one. I don't because think of I the like content this one very or much. the title, Griffin. Just the title. Huh. Well, why don't you have read to do it? it fast? I don't say this word out loud. <laughs> Just say crap. New Sorry leaf to my mom. or crap so... leaf, Chris. <laughs> you named it yes, new Griffin. leaf or poo leaf. So you do say it out loud, and that's interesting. Yes, Griffin. Again, apologies to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was Excuse an eruption. I will Leave be that right in. back. <laughs> we will be right back. We're taking a break. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed that break as much as we did. Um, I, I had a situation. I had to deal with. <laughs> yeah, had a bit of a nasal eruption. <laughs> That's the name of my band, Nasal sure. Eruption. I uh, do actually on the cover on that. I said it first, but go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll. How much do you want annually for the the rights? A million dollars. I'm doing the doctor evil. I've got my pinky in the corner of my mouth. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're actually so right. I actually always do it like this. It's a huge mistake Mm. on my part. Yeah, and it's embarrassing for you. And you should feel embarrassed. now I'm all better. And I'll send you my doctor evil discord emote to show you. (laughs) All right. Uh, Chris, you are charging me. There he is. $1 million (laughs) a year to use the name nasal eruption. I'm sure you know this, but did you know that the singer sting pays the wrestler sting one dollar a year for the right to be called sting mononymously. i believe it's vice versa no i think or, it's i think because the no, wrestlers are right. good on trademarks and stuff like that so right right, right sting's right, right, an right. artist so he doesn't care i see um sting's new leaf god or poo leaf chris absolutely uh griffin i was thinking it's a new year we uh a new me, some might say. I'm kind of saying it's still the same old me, unfortunately. Um, but I was thinking, because, you know, I was thinking about some teams that have really been uh, been showing out lately. And I thought we'd just run through a few of them quickly. That How, how long did that Intangibles segment take? Three Half minutes? an hour. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be our in... only segment of the day here today. <laughs> you don't want to go to your next one? <laughs> I do, but I just don't know if we'll have time. Well, we'll, we'll do these quickly, because okay. I don't know if we'll have a ton to say about some of these teams. All right. but what is these the are premise teams, of Griffin, New Leaf or Poo Leaf? These are teams that have been on a hot streak lately, especially in the new year. 
and I want you to tell me if you think that they've turned a new leaf and that they're they're the real deal, that their change is earnest, uh, and that they're not just going to the gym for the month of January, but that they've actually uh, made a lifestyle change. Can't wait for your roommate to come in and hear this. Um, or... It's my neighbor. Is it just that famous expression, Griffin, a poo leaf? Right, of course. Which we all know, but just in case there's like some maybe foreign exchange students who are listening in mm-hmm. or people who are learning English for the first time, they use our podcast to become familiar with the language, they might not know all the <laughs> That'd expressions. That would be awesome. You know, my dad learned English by watching Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a, a joke or not. <laughs> a joke or not? Well, just because like... A joker in space. <laughs> Lord. That's the most terrifying thing I can Uh, imagine. (laughs) It's the plot of the new movie ISS. Or is Um, it funny? Hey, honestly, I'm dead serious. If the Joker was in space, it'd be more like ASS. That's all I'm saying. Ass? What? (laughs) Oh my gosh. You can't say that during New Leaf or Poo Leaf. (laughs) (laughs) This is a sacred space. Apologies. Um... No, but, like, are you making a joke that, like, all children learn English, all English-speaking children learn English from Sesame Street, or are you saying... No, my father immigrated from China. Well, I know that. I didn't know if he was a first-generation immigrant or not. Um, And he learned English by watching Sesame Street. That's a great way to learn English. Kind of a bit of family lore, Griffin, that you're tramping all over. I'm not tramping. I respect it. I just wasn't sure you were the one who made a joke out of it. In late autumn, when it gets rainy, the leaves fall, and they turn brown. Late autumn. And you know what I associate brown with, Griffin? I thought you said August. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to say you're an idiot, and so I won't. Uh, I respect that. And Griffin, the leaves turn brown, and you know what color brown means? That's not... (laughs) You can say it. It means poo, Griffin. I hate this. This childish, this is sophomoric. The Edmonton Oilers, Griffin, we talked about them briefly last week. Yes, we did. 6-0-0 now in January. Another uh, big win. The Toronto Maple Leafs are now, uh, they have this awesome trend they've been picking up the last few games where not only do they blow a lead, but they blow the lead so severely that their opponent actually wins in regulation, <laughs> often by multiple goals. And so they don't even get the benefit of the one point for the overtime loss, uh, which is a cool trend, I've noticed. But uh, a big win for the Oilers over the Leafs, now 6-0-0 in January, franchise record, 11-game win streak. Griffin, New Leaf or Pooh Leaf, is this the Oilers regressing to the mean that we always saw them to be at? Or do you think that there was a genuine change in circumstances that needed to happen for this to come about? Wait, so which one is the new leaf and which one is the poo leaf? Have they turned a new leaf? By regressing for to real? the mean? I, I guess... Mm, I guess... I see your point. Uh, new leaf or poo leaf, Griffin? <laughs> and separately, regression or obsession? with winning that they now have due to a material change in circumstance. I'm going to say new leaf and regression, Chris. They have (laughs) successfully bucked their losing ways. They were a popular preseason Stanley Cup champion pick, and that Mm -hmm. is what they are playing like of late. Uh, So they have successfully turned over a new leaf by, by getting rid of the things that made them the worst version of themselves and regressing to the mean of them being the best version of themselves, which is famously what the mean means being the best yeah, of something exactly. the top of the list um, <laughs> well they you know they are they're fourth in the division still they're now 49 points they're one point behind the kings six Ooh. points behind vegas i think it would be a tall order for anyone to catch vancouver but you know we've uh people still i think aren't quite believers in vancouver even though they have been very good and been quite consistent in their goodness so maybe there's a little bit of opportunity there, but do you think they have a chance at, at topping Vegas to at least be second in the division, probably third or fourth or fifth in the conference? <laughs> oh, in the conference. Um, 
I do think they have a chance to catch Vegas. They are hot as the sun right now, Chris. They are hot as an oil fire, the Edmonton mm-hmm. Oilers. And uh, I, I believe. I believe they've turned over a new leaf, and I think they will win. They will win out the NHL okay. season. They will not lose a game the rest of the way. And you can put that in writing. In fact, I'll bet you another billion dollars that the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers win out the, the NHL season. I was going to say, if they won 11 games in a row in the playoffs, they'd be one win away from the Stanley Cup Finals. So... Makes you think. Really does. Maybe have they hatched too early? Mm, hatched. Yeah. Are, are they counting their chickens before they leave the their eggs? leaf egg? All right, next. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we really must move on. The Florida Panthers, Griffin, just quickly, because, you know, you want to talk about Stanley Cup finalists. They were one, I think. They were. Nope, that's true. Uh, the Florida Panthers, of course, 9-1-2. and two. In their last 12, they are on a bit of a slide here, three-game losing streak, although I think uh, one or two of those have come in overtime. My main question for you, other than, of course, the question of the segment, New Leaf or Poo Leaf, does Matthew Kachuk, I'm using air quotes here, only being a point-per-game player, does that make you more optimistic about how good they might be or a little pessimistic on how good they can count on being for the rest of the season uh i'm gonna say pessimistic chris he was the one who carried them to the stanley cup final on his broad pesky shoulders last year um and i think that what brett pesky is that his name i'm literally trying to make a valid point about the florida panthers and you're talking to me me about brett pesky which is how you actually say it I don't, it's got to be Pesci it is, like Joe Pesci. It is Pesci. It is Pesci like <laughs> Joe Pesci. But he does spell it differently, and I have heard people say Pesky. Well, those people are wrong and idiots if I do venture to throw that out there. Uh, the Florida Panthers Griffin, whenever are I'm playing, <laughs> Griffin, whenever, whenever I'm playing solid defense and putting in uh, mid-20s to maybe uh, career high of 30 points a game. 30 uh, points a game? Thirty points in the season. <laughs> People often say I'm in the pesh mode. Thanks, you welcome back like to my Brett. solo podcast. Unfortunately, pesh. Chris That's did have question. to leave, uh, and they will not be invited back. Okay, you don't uh, like it. Okay, I do um, not like the pesh mode. No, <laughs> <laughs> but you think that they are. Uh, I think the Florida Panthers are Pooleaf. I didn't believe in the Florida Panthers even as they were actively making the Stanley Cup final last year, and I still don't. I will never believe in the Florida Panthers. They're just not that into me, as in my style of what I think makes a good hockey team. Obviously, they have good forwards and defense and goalies, of course, but they're just <laughs> Oliver Ekman Larson. <laughs> when you got him on a team. <laughs> You know you're a winner when you have Oliver Ekman-Larsen. No, listen, they're a good team. This is closer to what we expected. I just, I mean, what's a new leaf? What's a poo leaf? What am I endorsing with these statements? I don't think they're going 9-1-2 every 12 games the rest of the way. I don't think that that is what the suggestion (laughs) is, but are they going to be second in the Atlantic Division to close the season? They're currently seven points clear of, you want to talk about new leaves, the Detroit Red Wings. True. Currently ahead of the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're the a Leafs. They'll, they'll drop off. Um, <laughs> They're up. You've, you've taken to this <laughs> verbiage in a hurry. Uh, yes, the Florida Panthers will finish the season second in the Atlantic. Okay. Um, maybe a re- rematch with the Maple Leafs on the uh One can only offing. hope because then they'll have Ryan Reeves in there to really <laughs> – force the florida panthers to play clean they won't even dare throw a body check they tremble at the mere presence of ryan reeves austin matthews will skate around the offensive zone for six consecutive minutes untouched as the florida panthers just all huddle in a corner trying to get away from the ferocious might of ryan reeves and his three-year multi-million dollar contract well you know what i heard griffin what's that chris I heard Radko Gudis went to Anaheim because he heard he heard the, the Leafs Toronto were getting Maple Leafs were signing Ryan Reeves and he was like, I cannot. I got to get to the opposite side of the continent right now. I need to go west and I need to avoid the playoffs desperately. <laughs> if I run into Ryan Reeves in the playoffs, I won't be able to be a pest. He's out there forty eight minutes a game. He's I won't always be able to enforcing. go the pest mode. Um, That's better, better than the pest okay. mode. 
Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers, Griffin, and we're going to really lightening these now because we've got to be in the 45-minute range. We are. You are uncanny, Chris. We are at 44 minutes and 39 seconds. Well, there you go. Let's keep running out the clock here then. You don't want to uh, do Cleveland my Cavaliers, segment. Griffin. I love your segment. 6-1 in January. They're only lost to the Toronto Raptors, I have makes to say. You think. Makes you think. They have two wins over Washington Griffin, where they won by a combined 63 points. Ooh. They beat Chicago by 18. They beat Milwaukee, without Giannis, last night by 40. Wow. Uh, is this team for real? And do they need... I, I guess that my whole thing is like, newly for Pulev, and I also have another question for you. Yeah, that seems uh, to be... Do they crazy. need to shore up their depth? Because... You look at their uh, minutes chart, they've got Max Struess in there playing a huge role. They've got, you know, I like Isaac Okoro, but they've got Isaac Okoro in there. They've Max got Georges Niang. Niang, of course, a career high last night. Um, but do they need to make a move to maybe get some guys that are going to give them a little more juice uh, in that department? Yeah, I think... Obviously, we've been seeing sort of conflicting reports on Donovan Mitchell and his future with the Cleveland Cavaliers, but it certainly seems as though he's in for this year in this playoff run. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to trade him now. So uh, this is sort of your shot to um, maybe he'll be traded in the offseason. Maybe this is your last chance with D. Mitch, as the kids call him. Um, So, yeah, I think that they do have to make a move. I would want them to go all in, but also New Leaf. Cleveland Cavaliers are good. I'm well-established as a Cleveland Cavalier roster lover on this podcast in the past. I think that this is a great build. I like him a lot. Pascal Siakam would have been fun there, although that Mm -hmm. would have been a lot of bigs. Um, Pascal Siakam for Evan Mobley. You proposed it. Did I? Way back. Uh, Good for me. Um, Griffin, just quickly, because at the beginning of the season I said Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be the two seed. Do you think that's still in play? No. They've got some stiff competition, especially with Indiana now probably going to be threatening. Yeah, Indiana's on the way up. I think that Philadelphia is better than most of us probably expected. Um, Yeah, I don't think they can be the two seed, unfortunately. Gary Trent Jr., what do you think of him as a fit with the Cleveland Cavaliers as like a bench bench three-point option? I would absolutely love Gary Trent Jr. to play for a different team. Uh, <laughs> but what do you think of his fit on the Cavs? <laughs> I like it. There's a little bit of maybe overlap in skill sets there. They maybe need more of like, they definitely, they need a bench big. I have to think like their big man depth is quite suspect in my opinion. Maybe they'll pick um, up Christian Coloco off waivers. There you go. Um, the Utah Jazz Griffin, just quickly. I mean, we don't even have to say newly for Pooleaf. I think you'll probably say Pooleaf, but just, because I was looking at, I was, you know, sort of looking around. I was seeing, where are my new leaves? Uh, and right. Are they poo leaves? The Utah Jazz are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. They are they have the best record uh, in the last 10 games of any team in the NBA. They're 15-5 and five in their last 20. They're now the 9 seed. Uh, but I believe, I think... More, they're, Maybe they're ahead a, of, it's more of a poo leaf than a new leaf, but it's closer than one might think. I like the like Laurie Markinen is really really good. He's a he lot deserves better than I thought flowers. he was. Um, but they're they're ahead of the Lakers right now. They're ahead of Houston and they're ahead of Golden State. You wouldn't say that they're well. I don't know. Are they better than they're better than Golden probably State? Probably the Lakers. I but the other two. I I think they're better than Houston. Yeah. Who knows what to make of the Golden State Warriors? They're probably better than Golden State at this point. I'm not very high on the Warriors. In fact, I'm low on them. Okay. One might Call say. Call them a leaf. Uh, and then finally, Griffin, we alluded to it earlier, but I did want to talk about the, the Buffalo Bills. They're now 7-1 and one in their last eight games, if you include that playoff game. Their one loss was in overtime against Philly. Obviously not a great team, as we found out, but a playoff team for certain. Uh, they had the big win over the Steelers. They're now minus three. Uh, or they opened minus three against the Chiefs. Do you feel like this is the the number three, we'll say, team in the NFL right now? Behind the Ravens and 49ers? Yeah. Interesting, Chris. I've been pondering this. I've been going back and forth all day. Are the Buffalo Bills the number three team in the NFL right now? Probably. I would say probably yes. Are they going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend? That's all that really matters. They don't give out mm-hmm. banners for number three team in the NFL on Divisional Saturday. 
That's, Wouldn't it be great if they that did? famous saying? Um, and I do not know. We do not hedge on high floor, low ceiling, so I will make a pick by the time this discussion is over, but I find myself going back and forth over now. a lot. Uh, <laughs> all right, Bills. Bills win. They're at home. Patrick Mahomes. Right. I've been Chiefs hating for a few weeks now. I'm going to stick with yeah. it. The Bills win. I have been putting my trust in the Chiefs against increasingly uh, <laughs> long odds, it seems like, so I'll pick the Chiefs uh, this week. We're going to take another quick break, Griffin. Two breaks. Because the first one was for a famous, some are calling it a nasal eruption. Nasal we'll be eruption. With another fun segment when High Volo Ceiling returns. All right, Chris, unfortunately, we are going to have to cut it short <laughs> today. Just a little quick episode for the people. Coming back from the break straight into the outro. Well, I thought maybe I would cut out of the the part where you say we're going to a break and no, 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 no. Okay, we're gonna tease this is all. them. You should no. You you have to you have to go to the break, and then now we've come back from the break, and the audience is finding out. No, the episode's over. Yeah, we are gonna have to save our game for next week. But just to tease people, it's based on the most fun game to play at a party. That's what our game is based on here today. That's right. Seven minutes in predicting what the NHL trade deadline is going to be like. My definition of heaven. That's exactly what I like to hear, Chris. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us. You know where to follow us. But if you're new, you can follow us at GriffinPorter97 <laughs> on Twitter. I can't break pattern. You can follow us at Jan on Twitter. Someday, Chris will tweet. Uh, hey, I tweeted two Blue Jays gifts. And they're still playing, right? Probably in perpetuity uh thank you all so much for listening respect love tell your friends you're cherished by us you are you are it really means a lot that you take an hour every week to hang out with us chris any last words um nope all right deuces keep your floors high keep your zenith low there it is bye bye <laughs>